This is Carolyn Holly. Welcome to Game Plan for Life with Skip Hall. For the next half hour, you're going to be encouraged and challenged by Skip and his guests as they discuss the game plan for life. In sports, as in life, it's important to have a game plan. And as Skip says, no game plan, no victory. Game Plan for Life is brought to you by the following sponsors. Dutch Bros of Boise, an experience guaranteed to satisfy. McDowell Specialty Repair, Susie Boyle Mortgage Team and Castle and Cook Mortgage, LLC, and Rio Body Center. And now, here's your host, Skip Hall. Welcome to Game Plan for Life. This is your host, Skip Hall. Well, today I've got a couple of special guests in studio. One of them uh, has been here a number of times. He's going to have to start punching the clock, I think, pretty soon. <laughs> <laughs> His name is John Strain, and, and John, uh, welcome back to Game Plan for Life. Thank you very much. And you've got a guest here today. I, I did. I want you to introduce I, him. I and pulled in some ammunition. Go ahead. Uh, Bri- <laughs> my good friend, Brian Bird. And uh, Brian, we've known each other for, uh, what, what, we calculated 10 or 12 years. At least a decade. Yeah, something yeah. like that, yeah. and. Uh, Brian is, uh, works in law enforcement right now, and he's protecting uh, us from the bad guys on the, on the EPA side. <laughs> so, but that's what he does in the, in the, uh, the so-called real world. But, but actually, we want to talk about you even more real world, which is the whole realm of what God is doing with men mm. and, and sons. And, um, and, you know, Skip, we had talked about transformational gatherings last week. Yes. And this, we want to talk about Wild Courage today, which Wild is courage. a transformational gathering of men. Yeah. And Brian uh, got that started with a couple other guys. And we're, I want him to tell a little bit of that story, but and we'll get some backdrop on him too. But this guy, we've, we've done quite a few things in ministry together, a lot of man stuff, a lot of ceremony for um, his sons. And so we just had a lot of connection. Adventure dinner, mm, yep. the transformational environment of the adventure dinner. Brian and Jenny hosted that at their house. Yeah. So anyway, so we've had arms locked here for quite a while. A lot and, of fun, uh, John. Yeah. And you know, the listener might be interested to know how all of us connected here. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> what do you tell that, Brian? Bet, you know, I came well, to... Brian, well, first of all, welcome. We're, <laughs> we're sure pleased to have you here today. Love to hear your... Your story. Thanks for having me, Skip. Yeah, yeah you know, I grew up in Iowa, and part of a divorced family, like many of the listeners out there, dad mm. wasn't at home. Yeah. I grew up with stepdads and started to look for coaches, yep. coaches like Skip Hall. Uh-oh. And you uh, grew up try, you know, trying to find the, the guys to fill up the place of my father. Right. Um, and my faith and my journey led me to a ministry called Wild at Heart, which a lot mm-hmm. of us are familiar with. Yes, we are. <laughs> and of course, I read that book and um, went to one of their one of their um, retreats down in Colorado with John Eldridge and Morgan Snyder and those guys. Yep. And came back, literally typed in Christian men business leader because I knew I had to find a coach here in the valley. This is I don't know 2012 ish. First name comes up, Skip Hall. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so I emailed Skip, didn't think he'd answer. And, you know, 30 minutes later, I had an email and an invite to breakfast for the next mm. day. We, we spin out to Applebee's and down to the cafe, and we just connect on a heart level and says, hey, 
do you know who John Strain is? Mm. I said, no, I don't. Well, you need to meet him. Yeah. <laughs> and and a long story made short, uh, that's where I met, that's how I first met Skip, and I met mm. John, and we've shared lots of story around yeah. breakfast groups and men's groups yep. and reaching, reaching those boys who don't have dads and filling the gaps yeah. um, to, where, to where what God's doing with the guys in the valley. Yeah, yeah. Hey, I got to say, you know, all three of us have this in common. We've, we've had a physically absent dad yes, growing up. Yes, All of us, fortunately, we had some sports to access and coaches, mm. which I would say got us by. <laughs> yeah, in a good way. Was, no of course, it became a uh, no you know it became your platform, Skip. But I wrote um, a book about it. <laughs> yes, you did. Coach them up. Yeah. Uh, so that's a big deal. But so I think that we're all sitting here with that common background. I find that really interesting. Oh yeah, you know so much so that I was inspired by you guys in the valley to partner up with um, a good friend of mine, great friends. Guys I consider brothers as well. Jeremy Morris out in Emmett, mm-hmm. Idaho. Mike Evenson, you know, uh, Todd Pierce and a, a few others. Mm-hmm. Um, Rob Wiley out of Wyoming. We came together and formed a, a ministry around, it's called Wild Courage. Mm-hmm. And it basically exists to give guys a place around a fire in a masculine setting mm-hmm. to share their story. You know, we never, we coming into COVID, churches had shut down. Everybody's stressed out. Stress levels are high. You know, guys aren't known stereotypically yeah. to have a place to share their story. Yeah. So that's yeah. kind of ignited um, Wild Courage, and, and we meet at a barn, <laughs> believe it or not, yeah. outside a horse corral. Good could come right. out of a barn, I ask, at Christmas time. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> well, you know, men are built for adventure, and they need other men to share stories with, and, and, uh, and it's so good when men get together and share their, their stories with each other. Absolutely. Absolutely. Stories need to be heard and told. Yeah. 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 So, Brian, tell us more. So, yeah, we we came out of that COVID season or into it, per se. Notice we need a place for men to share their stories. And something ancient about a fire. You know, our our grandfathers Mm -hmm. and those before them, our great-great-grandfathers, you know, passed information and story around a fire. There's something captivating about it, and we knew that that was a place that we could drop our phones, take a pause, mm-hmm. kind of let our souls slow down to the pace of, of how we were designed, not the pace of attention and this, the messages and the, our, our smartphones, but of our souls. And we started to, to um, you know, really give, really do three things. We, we said, hey, here's some rules. No preaching, no teaching, and no advice. Because <laughs> we get a lot of that. Oh, yeah. But this, around this barn this far, we want to hear your story. Yeah. We want to hear, you know, a slice of your story, where you're coming from, what you're dealing with. And lo and behold, a guy sharing and started to share. And these, sometimes these are heavy stuff, but it's all relative. It can be, there's lots of levels of trauma, lots of levels of success. We have room for it all. But one guy's story ignited hope. And the guy sitting across the fire from him because he mm. shared and said, hey, me too. Yeah. You're not alone. And we started to get a groundswell three years ago of hope through guys sharing their story. It was just amazing mm. um, uh, what, what's been happening there. I mean, we're talking guys that um, some of them to protect their story, got to be a little vague, but some of them were in incarcerated storylines, yeah. mm-hmm. potentially facing jail time. Yeah. There'd be a guy across from that fire who was in the probation system working mm. for the government, taking care of prisoners. Mm. Mm. 
after those fires, they'd exchange phone numbers. Wow. Wow. They said, hey, I got you. I'm going to help you out. Mm -hmm. Where does that happen? Yeah. Hopefully at churches, hopefully in other settings. But we found that exchanging stories create environments of hope and places where guys could go to to find help. Mm. And Brian, may I quote you on Mm. something? Sure. I just was thinking, oh, my gosh, uh, about us being in that setting where we hear stories, where we tell our story. And you said this to me one day. I captured this. The number one thing you can do to heal your brain is to tell your story to a tuned-in listener. And if you're a tuned-in listener, then the one thing you can do is set your phone down and look in the eyes of that person telling their story and show great empathy mm. and be there to listen so you could be a part of their healing when they tell you their story. Mm. And I, I just love that. Yeah. And it, I, it really gets to the essence of what happens in the barn around the fire. Absolutely. And you know, something you mentioned, empathy, you know, we're in a world high stakes and Twitters and 154 characters are mm. set in policy. And Brene Brown says it best, you know, to just to, to really um, make it so shame cannot grow, you add empathy. And mm. shame, shame dies mm. around empathy. And we've seen that around the fire, around with attuned listeners, one guy sharing their story and some and the shame can come out yeah but to have an environment where people listen and it's safe and you have permission mm-hmm. and you have empathy for that guy yeah not just judgment mm. things happen yeah shame breaks off and when shame breaks off guess who guess who gets to come in our father god can come heal right places that we never thought we'd even verbalize mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and in an essence that's kind of what's happened around this fire in the last three years of mm. meeting guys and seeing transformation. Um, and it's, it's interesting. It can, it's like I mentioned before, sometimes it's incarcerated guys. Sometimes there's addictions that come up. Sometimes sure. it's, I need to treat my kids better. I need to show up for practice. You know mm. what? I need to stop working so many hours and go coach that team mm. and show up mm-hmm. for place there. Yes. Be there. Yes, sir. Mm. Well, John, what have you got to say for yourself? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, um, Brian, uh, these guys took this campfire to a new level a year ago. Mm-hmm. And they said, you know, we ought to open this up and have a little broader group of guys get together for extended time on a weekend up in Garden Valley. So you had the first Wild Courage retreat. And I wonder, maybe you could share your observation about what happened there, Brian. You bet. We noticed around the fires for two and a half, three years that guys would get to share, but there's only so much time. And as you add guys, it's great, but the time gets smaller and smaller. So we said, hey, what if if we go to a a place where we can get away, a retreat center like Rocky Canyon Retreat Center up in Garden Valley, Mm -hmm. and give guys a good solid two hours to share their story in groups of three or four mm. with with a guide, someone who's done it before mm-hmm. and has experience doing it and is an attuned listener and really let them share their story. And then part of that time was left for ministry to, mm. to, to pour into that guy. What would happen? Well, <laughs> we had a great retreat. We just we did number one and then brought everybody back and did number two and they all we all covered our costs. You know, we do this and then our margins outside of outside of work on mm-hmm. weekends and nights and we had our second one, and John got to come up in that, and 
and participate. And John, you've got a heck of a story mm. from from our last retreat. Mm. I'd love to have you share that. Well, you know, Skip, as you know, this is kind of the realm I flow in. Yeah. So usually I'd be up maybe being a worker bee at a setting like this. But Brian said, John, I want you to just come up and yeah. just take it in and experience it. And I thought... I think I can be okay with that. <laughs> so I showed up, but I'm kind of feeling uncomfortable, to be honest with you, because, you know, that's kind of a lot of my identity and kind of what I do. And, and But I thought, no, I'm just going to go up and be and just take it in and see what happens. Mm-hmm. Well, I had been prompted the day before, Fellowship of Christian Athletes has been have, exploring having a an outdoor outreach. Mm-hmm. And I've been a part of this thing, and it would be to guys like us who were back in high school, junior high or high school, didn't have a dad, you know, uh, actively present in our life. And, uh, you know, we needed some guidance and men to connect us with these other things. So we were forming a little committee about that and discussing that. And my story came up and I was sitting there going, I'm like, the poster child of this, <laughs> you know, of a guy that dad was off running racehorses, you know, many months of the year. And, uh, and I, he's not there taking me out hunting. I'm not learning cowboying. I'm not, you know. And so I got into sports, just went crazy on sports, which was great. But so, but as I was telling the story, I, I got pretty animated. I felt mm-hmm. like I was running a little hot even. And like there's an exposed wire. And it was like the Holy Spirit tapped me and said, you know that shame story you have about the gun and the knife in the closet? You need to share that this weekend. There's your heads up. Mm-hmm. And I went, okay, you know, feeling a little nervous about that, you know, like, well, how's that going to work out? And so anyway, it, uh, uh, I got warned. It was almost like I had a live wire just an open wire and it needed to be connected to another wire and capped off mm-hmm. so i was very aware of the wire i've even written about it in our previous book right. about this experience so um so i get up there and i get put into we're put into groups of four i got located with three cowboys mm. so my dad you know was a montana cattleman horse trainer horse breeder he liked fat cattle and fast horses, and he left the fat cattle for the fast horses eventually, and that's why he was gone so much. So I went through hunter safety as 10 years old, but really nobody to go out with. I went out once with a couple of brothers, but then and my dad wanted to be a part of that, but he wasn't there. So he bought me a rifle and a knife, and they went into the closet and mm. sat there for two, three years. I, I'm not sure. I don't recall how many, but my older brother came in one day foraging through that closet, saw those, and just became incensed. And he looked at me and he said, Dad gave you this rifle and this knife, and you don't even use them. Hmm. And, and, and it was just so cutting and shaming to me. And it was like, you know, you don't have what it takes. Now, 
I was a young teen at the at, in that moment. I don't think I had a driver's license yet, right. <laughs> let alone a car, hmm. let alone to know what to do to go out into the wilderness with my gun and my knife and right. shoot a big game animal, <laughs> carve it up and carry it home on my shoulders. I guess I don't know what he expected, but. I didn't. I was not articulate at that point. I was not emotionally intelligent. I couldn't even put a word on what happened, but it was so cutting and damaging. It just paralyzed me. Mm. And um, so I get into this group, and and God's providence, He puts me with three cowboys, and two of these guys mm. are master horse handlers. I came to learn. Yep. And I mean, they're big time. And uh, the other one was more like what I grew up with, more rank and file cowboy. But I got to have one of those guys guide me through that story. We got into the bedroom. He had me replay this in my mental mind. And, uh, and then he said, John, is there any safe place in there? And I said, no, not really. Not in the bedroom. How about in the house? Well, I don't know. Not really. He goes, well, where would be a safe place? And I said, probably the woodpile. And so we went out there, and I, had a, I won't spend any more time in the woodpile, but what came out of that, I love the woodpile. But it was also a place that I would take out my, my rage, that my sense of like, I'm missing something. I'm alone. There's nobody with me. And, and I would just hammer on that wood, <laughs> which was great for build, you know, cutting wood up and stacking right. it. And I was really good at kindling and all this stuff. But there, the, the exposure of my not being there with my dad was yeah. part of that story. So he took me back into the room. He said, I want you to walk back. He just slowed everything down. He said, I want you to walk back into the room. And, uh, and he said, now I'm going to ask you to do something really unusual. He said, I want you to crawl into the closet in your mind's eye. Mm. And I was like, whoa, really? Wow. I don't know. It might be a little too big, but I guess in my mind's eye, I can make it fit. So I did. And he said, close the door. So I did. He said, no, I want you to just pray and invite the Holy Spirit to speak to you. So I did. And then he said, I want you to ask him to show you the face of Jesus. And I mm. thought, wow, what will happen? So, but I did. And it was in that moment, Skip, that I saw uh, in my mind's eye, and I did not produce this. It just came. But it was, and I can't say the face was very clear, but what was coming out of the mouth was a two-edged sword. Mm. I thought, whoa. Mm-hmm. And I'm trying to sort that out for a moment and then i went oh my gosh the night before brian in front of the whole group got up and honored me and he gave me the special world war ii special forces sword it's a two-edged sword so it's like a knife but it's a two-edged sword two edge, okay. yeah. yeah and it's a it's a replica of that but it's a really special and he told the that's story neat. that's neat that's really neat and he blessed me with this gift and yeah. and uh and I was just like really stunned by that. But I go, wait a minute. Brian didn't, that came to him up there to share that with me that night. Mm-hmm. That wasn't premeditated. It wasn't, you know. Right. And this showed up together in the, you know, in that image in the closet. And then I went, wait a minute. That image is in the book of Revelation. So all, this, all these thoughts are swirling. And here's where I think they were going. I think Jesus was saying, the one who is faithful and true always comes with these images. Six times I looked up later in the book of Revelation with the sword coming out of his mouth, but he says, I've come in here to make things right, to perform justice and make it right. And he 
hacked up with that two-edged sword, that narrative that came out of my brother's mouth that paralyzed me for years and years. Wow. And still to this day affects me. Mm-hmm. But it, he liberated me from the power of that. Mm. And then... The next morning, Britton, the guy who had guided me through that, the cowboy, he shared that morning with the whole group, and then he said, I have a few gifts to give. And he said, John, he goes, when you were telling your story yesterday, I wanted, I had this in my room, but he pulled out this axe handle. (laughs) He said, I didn't know who this was for. I just felt impressed to buy it, bring it up, and it was for me. I go, that is too quirky. Yeah. And so I'm sitting here with a two-edged sword and an axe handle now. Two, I guess I'm going to call them God's building my toolbox, you know, in a sense to to go out and be a liberator of men Mm. and free to find their freedom and these break through these child, you know, bondages and become fully men, fully sons. Experience that. Powerful stuff. Powerful stuff. Quite a story. Absolutely. Well, man, we've got, uh, let's see, we got about four minutes left. Um, what, what else would you like to share, Brian, from your perspective? Oh. A message? Yeah. Yeah, to, you know. To women. Mm. Oh, there is a good yeah. one. <laughs> you know, a lot of, it's interesting, Wild Courage does a retreat and a fire, and we also do a podcast, Skip much like what you're doing with this yes. radio show to reach, mm-hmm. to cast the net. Yeah. And and we put on their stories, guys willing to share, mm-hmm. like John just did, of redemption, of God coming for them, of the Holy Spirit leading them to find healing in areas that they never would have shared before. And it's interesting, the emails we get back and the feedback we get back, you think, oh, who, who do you hear from? Mm-hmm. It's not necessarily men. Right. It's the wives. Yeah. It's yeah. the girlfriend. It's the daughters. Yeah. And those, and... And a a changed man is a changed family. Sure is. A changed man is a changed husband, is a changed son. And healthy people, you know, create more healthy people. Yes, indeed. And, uh, you know, it all starts with telling your story. It all starts with doing what John just did, sharing your story. And and we've just seen wife and girlfriend say, Mm -hmm. thank you, thank you for helping my Yes. husband and his significant other tell their story yes. so they could help that shame be broken off so they could find that healing mm-hmm. and they're the number one benefactors yep. you see families come back together and divorces uh, avoided mm-hmm. and and just thriving families where yep. dads come back to their sons and say we're i'm not leaving yep. i'm not giving up yep. and so there's hope there's yeah. hope there's hope for the hopeless man there's hope for the the guy and the girl out there who thinks that, what do I do? Where do I go? Mm-hmm. There's hope. Well, at this point, uh, Brian, and I'll ask you again right before we close, but why don't you give a, a website where people can go, men or women, to learn more about what you're doing and how they can get involved? Sure, Skip. The, our website is simply thewildcourage.life. Uh, and um, it's easy to get to. Uh, and there's also a podcast. Mm-hmm. If you search up The Wild Courage, on uh, Jeremy Morris leads that podcast. There's mm-hmm. 24 episodes of all kinds of stories from guys like John, from horse guys. Yep. If there's a cowboy community listening, guys like Buck Brannaman and Pat Puckett are on there. Mm. Uh, Grant Gallier, a horse whisperer from Jackson and Diamond Cross Ranch. There's some really interesting guys that have decided to share their story on there. And, and also uh, wives. Yes. Mary Morris is on there. Uh, Jeremy's wife talking about 
their story on how they faced divorce and separation for four years and then how they made a comeback mm. and how God redeemed it all. And so if you're looking for hope and redemption, there's tons of stories on there uh, that I think can provide a boost uh, to anywhere where you may be. Mm. Wow. That is awesome. John, some final thoughts from you? Well, I just, uh, I'm kind of blown away that we're sitting here having this discussion. And uh, I just shared my story like this on radio. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, I'm actually not ashamed of that story. It's, it's a powerful movement of God that I, I think I got to experience afresh what we're seeing, Brian, seeing all these guys. Yeah. And, you know, guys came from across the country who are listening to the podcast, drove in in some cases from, mm-hmm. you know, different locations out of state. And participate in this week weekend because I think they're hungry for it. And I think there's a move of the Spirit of God and men right now. Possibly, you know how we experienced that a little bit with Promise Keepers? Yes. You heard some, you just felt like we're just being transcended here. Mm-hmm. But I think men are being woken, reawakened and right. discovering their sonship and their value. And it's really exciting to be a part of that. Yeah. And so I'm just really proud of Brian, too, mm. for, wow, he is so talented in this space. Mm-hmm. And, and he is uh, nobody with bigger passion uh, mm-hmm. than Brian Bird oh, in this. Yeah. And so anyway, well, thanks, John. Uh, it's just That's a delight good. to sit in the booth with you and <laughs> do this and share the story. Well, the, the hearts of men are stirring once again. I, I believe that. And I was part of when the... Promise Keeper movement came to Boise, and we didn't we didn't know how many men would show up. You know, ten, twenty, hundred, three thousand showed up the first the first year. That was nineteen ninety three, and then the second year, six thousand showed up. But also, the leadership team from Promise Keepers came and saw what was happening, and they got the idea they could go all over the country with that movement now, and which they did. Mm. But it was it was for a period of time. But I sense once again that there's there's stirring in the hearts of men, and and they need to know where to go. Yeah, they need to know how to connect. And so that, that's what's so good about what what both of you are doing. So give us that website one more time. Yeah, it's simply the wildcourage.life. Wildcourage.life. And uh, there's a podcast, but also there's a local ground game skip too yeah. with a barn in Emmett, Idaho, and. John comes over, and I hope to see you sometime, Skip, soon. And <laughs> we, we get around a fire in a barn and have deep discussions and go after yeah, it. And um, as many, and we actually just had our first fire start in Wyoming. Wow. And we're starting to see them in the ground game kind of spread out. And guys wow. who came to tree left and started a fire. And we hope to see that even more places. And, you know, especially with... Um, Guys like John spreading his story yeah. and spreading his groups as well. Um, every Friday morning, I'm with John, and there's a there's a groundswell. It's yeah, not just absolutely. a mountaintop experience. Absolutely. There's a there's a ground game during the week that we hope yeah. to see more men. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's, that's yeah. so awesome! Absolutely. Well, listen, man, we're unfortunately out of time, but I'll have to change my name to Buck and come up to one of those barn deals. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, but listen, thank you so much, both of you, for being here today, and. And we wish you God's best in what you're doing and helping men and leading men. It's it's so important. So God bless you. Yeah, thanks, Skip. God bless you. Game Plan for Life is brought to you by the following sponsor. Christian Brothers Automotive. Security Gold and Silver, a reliable source for your bullion investment. Domino's Pizza. Diamond Heating and Cooling. 
Hoffman Auto Body, someone you can trust, and Zero Edge Carpet Cleaning. Thank you for listening to Game Plan for Life with Skip Hall. This is Carolyn Holly inviting you to listen at this same time on this same station next Saturday as Skip and his guests go over the game plan for life. Have a great weekend. And remember, no game plan, no victory. 